Good Gab, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. Well, good morning, Good Gabbers. Uh, today it is a special guest today. We have uh, Sindhu Sarapanini, um, activist, philanthropist, change maker here in Spokane. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, Sindhu, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Sindhu Serpanini. I'm 14 years old, and I'm a young creative artist, cultural enthusiast, international storyteller, and I am a TEDx speaker. I recently gave a TED Talk at the Bing Theater in October 2022. Wow. Tell us about that. How was that? Yeah, it was a really good experience. It was in October at the Bing Theater, like I said, and my topic was You Can Do It. And it was about how age is not a limiting factor to make a difference in the community. And you can make a difference at any age. You're never too young or too old. And it was really about my journey and how I inspire other people and how other people can do the same thing that I do in the community. So what are some of those uh, things that you've learned that you're trying to, you know, teach other people? So I like to inspire other people to volunteer in the community, especially at a young age, because if the youth are volunteering in their community, it kind of creates a domino effect because they inspire their peers to also volunteer the community because someone a little bit older maybe say, if a 13-year-old can do it, I can also do it too. So everyone will be volunteering in the community and making a difference together. I agree with you. Um, I know just in my own experience, I was exposed to volunteering uh, through the Boy Scout system when I was younger and um, that impacted me and helped you know put me on a journey of, of service to others. Um, I'm curious what what started this for you? Why why do you want to be in service to others? So I'm really fortunate and grateful for what I have, whether that be my skills or my resources. And I feel like it's my responsibility to share that with the world and maybe for people who don't have what I have. And I truly believe that when you give to others, you receive more. And I get a big sense of satisfaction when I help others in the community. And it just makes me feel good when I'm helping people because I'm changing their lives. And it just makes anyone feel good, really. I love that you say that. Um, some people, you know, I've talked to in my circles when they talk about volunteerism, it's like really helping people. But I think that idea of like, no, it makes us feel good. I, I raise my hand too. that. That drives me. I like that feeling. I know I'm helping people and that's okay. And I'm just, I'm happy to hear you say that and to let other people know, yeah, that feelings we get. Yeah, we're good to go. Um, we had Rick Clark on this uh, podcast as our very first, um, um, I guess, guest. And I know that you got involved during uh, the COVID times and you, you helped that organization. You raised some money. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah. So Rick Clark's journey is really inspiring because he was homeless at one point and on a day where he could have easily given up, he decided to help someone else. And now he's changing many lives and helping many different people in the community. And his journey is really inspiring to me. That's why I donated a lot of money to his organization because he's supporting homeless people or just people in need. And so far, I've been able to donate $16,000 to giving wow. back tax. And that's money I raised off of my art classes and different paintings I've sold. 
And I chose his organization because I love what he does, and he's really doing it for the community and not just for his own recognition. Indeed. So that impact, right? You're, you're choosing where the impact is. Uh, you're finding the right partners. Art. Have you always been an artist? Or where did that come from? Yeah, I've always had a penchant for arts and crafts. But when the COVID struck, I had a lot of time at my hands. And that's when I really wanted to get good at it. So I got good at it. And then I noticed a lot of other people also bored with their time. So I started teaching others through Facebook Live and Zoom classes. And I started with like about 10 followers. And over months, I had 2,500 followers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I had thousands of people in my art classes learning from me. And I also did story time classes for like younger kids with life lessons and morals. And I did all sorts of different arts and crafts. Like I did painting, realistic sketching, different types of crafts too, like origami, knitting. I even did some like hairstyling videos. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and you're just, so you're connecting people. And that's what all over the world, right? Like that's the amazing thing about the internet and social media. It's like we can connect all over. Uh, where are some of the people that are taking your classes from? So there's people from all over. There's people in America, India, Canada, I think like different countries because like the internet, you can reach anyone at any time. So a lot of people from different countries and places are always learning from me. That's so cool. Um, Do you sell your art? Yeah. So a lot of my big paintings are on diversity and inclusion. And the first one I sold is in the Liberty Lake City Hall right now. And different ones that I sell, the money that I get from those, I donate to organizations like Giving Backpacks. So like I said, a lot of my art represents diversity and inclusion because I want to spread a positive message throughout the community. One of my art pieces, Everyone is Loved Here, is now being displayed in schools throughout Washington. So far, it's in 10 schools, and it's going to be some schools in New York now, too. Wow. Yeah. Well, so what are you saying about diversity inclusion? What what expression are you trying to get across to everyone else? So my message is everyone has worth, everyone has value, and everyone is worth fighting for. And I just want to make sure when people look at my art, they feel that they're included. That's why a good place that I targeted was schools, because I know sometimes kids from personal experiences that you don't always feel like you belong or included at school. So... With my art in different schools, I have it at my school and kids come up to me and tell me how it makes them feel. And not just when it got up, like just continuously, even like staff members, teachers even tell me that it makes them feel good too. Well, that feeling translates into action oftentimes. And I'm happy uh, just on a personal level that you're engaged in this work. Uh, Professionally, like SkillSkin, we exist to help adults with disabilities. And we primarily do that through employing people. Uh, We do some training in the high schools. And we also help people find jobs out in the community. And so this this moment that is happening... um, where our community is really prioritizing this inclusion, access, diversity. I'm just, I'm so proud of, of Spokane, of Eastern Washington. Like, there's a place for everybody. And, that, and that's your message. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for spreading that. Uh, I'm, I'm so uh, inspired by the your generation. Like, just to, especially of how inclusive everyone is. Like, is that just my what I see or are you experiencing that in school? Is that, uh, is it true? Is our people more inclusive right now? 
Yeah, I think sometimes, like, if kids are just by themselves, I, like, see other kids that are including them. Like, last year we were playing volleyball as a class. We went outside. It was kind of during COVID time, so we went outside for mask breaks. So um, we're playing volleyball in a circle, and there were some kids that were just kind of out. And so I saw a girl, she went and asked them if they wanted to join, and I saw, like, their look on their face that they were happy to be included. That's awesome. Yeah. So what school do you go to? I go to Selkirk Middle School. I'm in eighth grade. Okay, out in Spokane Valley? Liberty Lake. Liberty Lake. All right. Um, and then what's next for you as far as uh, schools? And what are, you, what are you thinking about your future? Well, I always want to continue to help people. Career-wise, I'm not necessarily sure what I want you to do. You are 14, <laughs> yeah. so it's all right. Yeah. yeah, but I want to continue to help people throughout my life, whether that's donating money or helping them however it is. I just feel really good about myself that I'm able to help others. And honestly, it's just like a sense of satisfaction that you feel for yourself and you feel good that you're able to help others and change their lives. So let's talk about other people, how they get involved in that. Do you have any ideas? Like, let's say some of our listeners, their kids are your age or in high school. Like, what would you suggest to them? Like, how to get involved? So I would suggest to find your passion, something that you're passionate about and care deeply about, and then use whatever your strengths are, talents, passion. Use that to help others in the community. I was passionate about art, so I sold paintings. I had different art classes with just $10 nominal fees. And with that money that I raised from those, I was able to help organizations. And if it's not money that you can raise, then it can just be volunteering your time at different um, organizations. Just helping people in any way that you can is where you should start. And eventually the process will take you up to somewhere else. I see the path. (laughs) I saw that you were involved with Blessings Under the Bridge too. Yeah. What, what is that organization doing for like the, our listeners that haven't heard about them? So Blessings Under the Bridge feeds the homeless every Wednesday. And I've donated $4,000 to help them. And I also volunteered at those Wednesdays that they're helping. And it's really cool to see that you're able to help people. And it's food that you're giving. So I was like serving food to them. My whole family did it. And it was really a cool experience to see like directly at hand that you're helping people. I donate lots of money to like different organizations, but you don't necessarily see exactly what's going on with that money. But with Blessings Under the Bridge, it was really cool to see that where your money was going and how it was helping people. That was uh, the first place that my daughter... uh volunteered at too we went down and we served on you know a wednesday night and i remember we had the drink station so that's what we were doing and we were passing everything out and it really impacted her because uh one person they were frankly they were just pretty angry that they couldn't get you know a couple cokes and uh it impacted her and she had to you know she sat and thought about it we talk about it to this day too this is years ago um but just why someone might feel that way. And it wasn't entitled, we, we decided. It was just, you know, it was trying to gather resources, essentially. And I know that's going to inspire her and her volunteerism uh, later in life. Um, anything did you learn while you were uh, at Blessings Under the Bridge? I actually saw, like, I'm 
fortunate for what I have and I saw that some people don't have that and I think that just kind of inspired me to do more to be able to help others and I learned that not everyone has the same things but sometimes I just saw that some of them are just happy like even though they're homeless you just kind of need to be happy with what you have and eventually you'll get better things in life. Yeah, you can just, you can, you gotta build from somewhere, right? And hope, happiness, that's a good base to start from. I get to have the pleasure of getting involved into the low income housing world. Um, I get to serve on the board of Catholic Housing Ventures, and we build a lot of low income housing and serve a lot of people. We have over 2,000 doors across Washington State. And to see that journey, has just been a real blessing and humbling experience for myself. And I just, I like uh, the way you see that. You'll start somewhere. Yeah. What else is on your mind? What else is happening in your world? TEDx talks, selling art, helping um, raise money for nonprofits. Yeah. So in a few months, in May, I'll be doing another TED talk in um, New York. And a lot of the time, like with my last TED talk, I was like talking about my journey and how other people can like do what I'm doing, but people really want like the recipe and like the steps of exactly how I got there, how to turn your dreams into reality. So in my next TED talk, I'll be talking more about that. Can you share any insights on that? How to take dreams to reality with us today? I love that conversation. Yeah, so whatever you want, you should know what you want and really work hard towards it, whether that's doing something for yourself, doing something for others, whatever it is, you need to be passionate for what you're doing. Don't do something if you don't even like it or enjoy it. And you need to just kind of visualize yourself like if you're trying to win something, visualize yourself like you already have it. Just use like the law of attraction to know what you want. And once you do that, it's really just kind of continuing with your own hard work and you're going to get there and you should just never give up. I, I am definitely a believer in manifestation for sure. Um, I have an idea too. I'd love to share with you just the, this idea of how to get big things to happen. Um, there's a lot of great ideas out there in the world, right? And if, but a lot of them never come to realization. My worldview is that it takes community. It takes a lot of people to, to get things done and when you have a very specific idea in mind and you just you can't come off it and it's your way or the highway that's when I think those big ideas can die and in my mind is when you allow other people to be a part of that dream let that dream go it doesn't have to look exactly like what was in your mind that collective uh, group can really take things and make it bigger does that sound reasonable? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Sidhu. <laughs> um, so New York, when is this happening? It's on May. It's in May, sometime in the middle of May. And yeah, it's in New York. I'll be doing a TED Talk there. Yeah. That's so exciting. We will definitely share that on uh, this podcast. I know our listeners... Um, you're starting to definitely be known in our community. Um, like I, I see your face and what you're doing, you know, pop up on social media and, you know, being aligned with being a change maker for good. I mean, I can't wait to see, uh, you know, what's next uh, for you. Thank you. 
Heck yeah. Well, anything else you'd like our, our listeners to know? Just never give up on your dreams. Always dream big. Don't be afraid to have big dreams. And just put in the hard work that it takes and keep working towards it. Even if whatever you want doesn't work the first time, never give up. Keep trying because eventually you're going to get there. Wise words. So, Sindhu, as you dream about what the future can look like, you know, what what kind of careers are you looking at? What What are those dreams? So we just had a career project in school, and I chose a lawyer. I'm not necessarily sure if that's where I want to go, but I want to be a lawyer to stand up for what's right, especially. And that's what I chose, but I still have time to figure it out. I'm not completely sure, but I just definitely want to continue to help others as I go on with my life. What about the law? Is Do you think that's a vehicle to help others? Um. Well, I chose a lawyer because I feel like you can argue for what's right and I'm good at arguing for what I feel like I'm passionate about and I feel like sometimes things aren't fair and if you're a lawyer you can help change that and you can help other people in their lives yeah you can yeah I just I see it were you born here yeah yeah so can me too yeah, I grew up on uh, like 13th and Fisk, and this has always been home. And I got to live uh, in Seattle for a little bit. Um, but yeah, do you see yourself in, like staying in this community? Yeah, I really like Spokane. I think it's a great community and how especially everyone comes together when something's needed. Especially like I've seen like Rick Clark's group, like if he says this person needs this or we're trying to help these kids at this school, the community just comes together and helps people. And I really like that about Spokane, how they're all just one big community and doing things together. Well, we need you to stay here (laughs) and others like you, because when I was 14, I remember it was always talked about like you get out of school, you graduate from high school you're definitely leaving. So you're going to go to college somewhere else. You just get out of Spokane. That was repeated over and over again. And there's just this drain of young people. Then that energy that comes with it, uh, it happened. It was self-fulfilling. People left and then people came back. But there's something missing when you don't have that, you know, 19-year-old to 30-year-old energy in a, a city, and especially one that's committed to, you know, making change for the better, you know, bring light upon uh, this community. And I wonder what what should Spokane look like to encourage, you know, people, you know, your age to stay here? What would you want the city to look like? What should it have? I think it should definitely just make sure that everyone feels loved and accepted here, regardless of any differences, especially like my art, everyone is loved here. The whole point of it is regardless of any differences, whether that's difference in opinions, difference in looks, whatever it is, everyone should still be accepted and feel as they're loved no matter what. And I think that's just a great thing to include in the community, just to make sure everyone feels as they're loved, because why would you be here if you don't feel like you're accepted great point not quite simple but simple nonetheless yeah start with love no in the disability community uh we continue to try to find outlets for people for employment and it's been a tough go like changing um people's minds 
that, you know, should we hire people with disabilities? A lot of fears that happen. And it's a worthy cause for us because we know that everyone deserves that opportunity for employment. I think there's some love for oneself uh, when you, you get that first job and you start to feel connected and you're connected to maybe even your neighborhood because now you have a little money. You can go down the street. You're going to the cafe. And I heard something the other day that was uh, pretty interesting to me is not only are you engaged in your community by spending money, but those people that are behind the counter are helping, they care about you too. Uh, we were getting told a story by someone whose uh, son is living with an intellectual disability, and they were going out to lunch, and sure enough, this person knew their order, and they knew that he was going to pay in cash, and, and the dad's mind was blown. He's like, oh, these people care. And they were building that community, and... I want to see Spokane do more of that, too. So being a TED Talks speaker sounds kind of scary um, and sounds way out there. Like, how do you even start that conversation? Does someone just, like, pick up the phone or shoot you an email? Do they, like, hey, come on? Or, like, how does someone get in there? If they have a great idea, like, what do you do next? So if you have a big idea worth spreading for at least – there's different TEDx locations, so X means independently organized, so there's different locations around the world, and for TEDx Spokane, um, I sent in an application because I had a big idea worth sharing, and out of those applications, they had a lot of, hundreds of applications, and out of those, they called back, I think, 30 people for the next step of the auditions. And out of, you spoke live at this place in front of them, and out of that, they chose 10 speakers in total, from the callback that I went to, there's three. The one that I went to, I think three people got chosen from my callback. But um, once you get into that, there's just a month's like worth of, you have a coach that you're assigned to, and there's like just months worth of practice of getting your speech in order, having it good, and your coach helps you with that. And it's definitely a long process, and it takes a lot of hard work, but in the end, it's definitely worth it. Ah. Uh. Incredible. So listeners, if you have that big idea, look up Spokane TEDx or TED Talks, excuse me, and and apply. Um, I'm thinking about big ideas, too, in Spokane, like cities ebb and flow, right, of, you know, when things are going good or maybe they're not going so good. And like downtown in particular right now. Um, in the 1990s, uh, like a lot of businesses were going away. Um, it just wasn't a lot of um, activity happening. And then River Park Square was built and more people started living downtown. And this new life was breathed into our town. And right now we're starting to see the opposite of that. COVID came. Uh, people went home for work. They haven't returned to the core. So some of the restaurants, you know, aren't doing lunch anymore. They, the activity isn't there. And so I'm, I'm looking to you when you all grow up um, to, to bring those big ideas and to help uh, make our city a better place. I believe you're going to do it, too. Thank you. Yeah. Sindhu, it is such a pleasure to speak with you. I just, I'm in awe. I cannot wait to hear more. I am 100% uh, watching your TEDx talks. And, 
Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah.